Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. All right, here we go. Episode 100. How crazy is that? I'm super pumped, super excited. Uh, This interview today is with Will Pepper. Uh, We actually did this many months ago, but it got kind of backlogged and it got put somewhere. I totally forgot about it. And I uh, am now just getting it. And I had told him um, it wouldn't come out for a while, but I didn't mean for this long. But Will started off, and this is how I met him, writing a Choose Your Own Adventure kids book. And that's how I kind of discovered him. He's also in the Author Success Mastermind, which is now uh, Author Life, uh, sorry, the Author Life uh, group with Jay Thorne and a bunch of others. And Will and I have been to uh, some events together. So it was a great talk, had a great time. Uh, he, I love the shirt and that he puts on. So please go check out the YouTube, uh, see what we look like if you haven't done that before. And uh, we had a good talk because he is changing from the kids books to thrillers, which I thought was an interesting change. So for all of you readers out there, this first part is about the uh, thriller book talking about what it's going to be like coming out soon. But we do talk about the Choose Your Own Adventure book and starting off with writing kids' books. But then for all the writers out there, we talk about what it's like to switch genres, what you have to think about, what you have to do. And again, he doesn't have a lot of uh, data yet to back up how well it's going to go for him, but it was an interesting talk. So something for everybody. So sit back and enjoy Will Pepper. Today, Discovered Discovered Wordsmiths, I'm happy to have Will Pepper on with me today. And Will, you look wonderful, I must say. Thank you. Dress for success. That's what it is right there. I love that. It it harkens back to the dress for the job you want, and I'm going to dress up like Batman. Getting ready to say, or a Jedi Knight. Or Jedi Knight. Yeah, that would fit both. I do have a Star Wars shirt on. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's Um, perfect. So, Will, we met this past summer at a very fun event for Jay Thorne's mastermind group. And I knew you had done a couple books and then you talked about changing. So I'm super excited to find out about all of that. But before we get started with those, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live and your life outside of writing. Sure. Sure. Uh, as my name is Will Pepper, I write under the name W a Pepper when I'm going to be transitioning into thrillers. I have written several ebooks, but I'll talk about where I am right now. I live in Oxford, Mississippi with my wife, and we luckily live here in a wonderful literary community. We have nice. Square Books, which is uh, one of the top destinations for people who love literature, uh, and the university has helped. We've had a lot of good tourism come here because we're viewed as the literary hub of the South, so it's a great place to be a writer. Nice. We've got a lot of good, a lot of good support from people here. 
And uh, I was for a long time, I call myself a recovering motivational speaker. I did that when I finished my PhD in management information systems, or as I call it, business computing. Oof. And my wife and I traveled the country. We spoke to people. We uh, worked with organizations. And we worked with great groups. And then just like a lot of businesses in 2020, COVID hit. And it just, it ended our business. The good thing about that was it really let me focus on my childhood dream of writing. And that's where I am now. I'm now writing and I'm just loving it. And I'm enjoying meeting people like you and sharing experiences. That's something good came out of something bad. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love to hear that because I also do some work uh, with kids and their parents and teaching them basically entrepreneur choices, things to look forward to when they get older because the work world is changing. I love hearing those types of stories that people who uh, got hit and didn't just go, oh man, what am I going to do and sit on the couch? You took that and ran and you're doing something you love. I love it. That's so cool that you work with kids about that. The traditional route of you do this, you go to school, you, you do everything. I know kids that are making, you know, thousands of dollars making bow ties. I read articles about these kids that are doing their own hustle. And it's just so cool and so motivating for somebody. I'm 42 years old, about to turn 43. And it's motivating to see kids, you know, saying I can do something. I'm energized. I'm so positive. So that's cool that you're doing that with entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's a great thing with the kids because I think parents still, even the one younger than us, 30, 35, have that mindset of kids go to school, then they go to college and they get a good job or they go to a tech school and go get a good job. And they're like disappearing. And the people that are successful are the ones, you know, that can, you know, pivot and do something on their own or do multiple things. So we'll probably talk about some of that when we talk author stuff, I'm sure. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, so tell us, why did you want, okay, you just told us why you wanted to start writing. I'll skip that one. But tell us about the book you are working on. As you said, Thriller, which over the summer when you said that, I did a double take. I'm like, wait a second, Will's not a thriller writer. What's going on here? So tell us about that book. Sure. You're totally right. I started with interactive ebooks, which we'll come back to, but I've moved into the thriller genre because it's what I really enjoy reading. It's the type of movie I like to watch. It's the type of thing that gets in my blood. And I go, oh boy, this is just so fun to watch somebody have a really rough time and overcome the odds. So uh, in June of next year, we'll be releasing my first thriller. It is called You Will Know Vengeance. And it is a first part of a techno thriller trilogy. And I'm very excited about it because it's it's in the editing phase right now, which means it's passed off to somebody and I can't touch it. And uh, which is good. Take it away from me for a bit. But uh, it is if you talk about comparing things as a mashup, it is Mr. Robot meets the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, In a world where incarcerated hackers are hidden in a prison away from society and they must, be, uh, they must capture others to get their freedom, it follows one person that defies the system. Uh, for eight years, a character named Tanto has obeyed his warden's orders, meeting the minimum capture requirements, but he has protected his tribe while there. However, while working there, he has had to work on the warden's secret project, Gakanudu. And that is a uh, prototype software that is an invasive and discriminatory software that's disguised as a faster tool to catch criminals. 
But if this isn't bad enough, an immediate danger comes into the prison in the form of a new legendary prisoner that has built uh, this hell-bent on destruction. So now it is up to Tanto to protect his tribe from the monster within the walls, destroy the software, and not get caught. Success means that his life goes back to the way it was. Failure is either death or worse, a one-way trip to Guantanamo Bay. So how far will a man of honor go to rid the world of evil? Bam, there you go. That's all we need to know. Yeah. How long did this take you to write? Because I know you switched from a different style. So about how long were you working on this one? I've written a couple of uh, work in progresses, and this was one that I was working on back in 2017. I had written it very fast, and it was something that I felt very passionate about because I have a background in technology. And one of the coolest things about getting a PhD in technology was that my chairman, a guy named uh, Dr. Brian Reitel, he taught me, if you're going to talk about technology, you better talk about it like you're talking to your grandmother. And so it allows me to take technology and break it down. So I've broken down my dissertation, made it into something simple to present. And when I got to writing fiction, I said, I might as well write about hackers. I might as well write about hackers that break the law but have been caught. And I had a version of this book in 2017 that I was feeling good about. But unfortunately, life got in the way. My mother came down with terminal cancer. And we moved to MD Anderson in Houston. And for about nine months, we made sure she got the best care she could. And that book just sat there. I couldn't write on it. I just, uh, I had a block. I would sometimes write a few words, but I put it to the side. And then one day after my mother had passed, I was, uh, ooh, bless you. After my mother had passed, I was, I had a dream where I was, able to control my dreams. I have lucid dreams. So I'm, I can do the Neo thing in the matrix. I can stop bullets. I can freeze time. Exactly. <laughs> nice. As long as I make weapons appear, I can make any gun appear, but it always has two 22 caliber bullets. That's it. That's my subconscious messing with me, just saying, okay, let's make it difficult. So that got me back into writing because I wrote those shorts and those shorts became our interactive eBooks. And now I'm getting back into my passion of writing thrillers. So this book initially was set up as a standalone, but then I've read more and more, and I'm sure you have too, how people say, write a trilogy. Sit there and say, introduce people to the world, throw your character into a hell of a problem, and then ultimately bring the, everything full circle in the third book. So I got to rewriting this book and split this book in half, books one and two, and book three, I've, I'm outlining now, but it is something that I... I had worked on, but I had been away from it for almost two years, maybe closer to three. And then I was able to step back and I'd learned stuff from online courses, from summits, from things that you and I have attended. And it really helped me shape up the work. So it, it existed a couple of years ago, but it's in a different format now. And I'm really glad to get back into the thriller world. Nice. And I was going to ask you, how do you take one book and make it three? So is it each one has a different uh, focus story. Is there an overarching story? What'd you do with that? The answer is yes to both. I can't remember if it was Lindsay Broker or someone I heard on a podcast. I think uh, Joanna Penn's Creative Pen podcast. Somebody said, when you write a trilogy, you have to ask a question in act one of your first book and answer it in act three of your last book. So I had 
a couple of questions. I have a smaller story that's answered in each book, but the overall story continues through the uh, trilogy. So it is, you get minor, minor answers to questions, but there are sometimes that you go, okay, more information is needed. Sometimes the character has to step back and focus on a particular problem. Did you ever play any of the Final Fantasy games? I, I, I've seen them. My kids play them. Okay. That's probably an influence, even though it's a fantasy world, because you start with one main problem. You've, your character has been thrown out into the woods, lost all armor, and somebody has betrayed you. So you realize you're going to have to get the person that betrayed you. But then you have all these submissions that lead up to the final confrontation. And so those, I grew up on Final Fantasy 2 and 3 on the Super Nintendo and just thought about the side quests, making them you know, more of a story. Okay. Is this traditionally published or self-published? This is self-published. Okay. I, I thought uh, it was. It, initially, I, I had thought about going after publishers a couple years ago in one of my manuscripts I was thinking I, I had solicited. And I was trying too hard. I was in too many genres. I was not focused. It was not something that you could say, you go pick this manuscript up from this area of the bookstore. But with the way that everything is going in the industry, to have control of your work, when it's released, how it's released, the red tape that goes through with certain things in traditional publishing, with our interactive eBooks, the series is called A Series of Fun Mistakes, 100% of the cover price went to charity. We couldn't have done that with a traditional publisher. They, right. Their job is to make money, all right? So we were able to say all that we all the cover price goes to various charities. We raised over $3,000 doing that. But to have the freedom right now with being self-published, to have the tools of advanced reader copies and being able to do your own marketing, it's, uh, it's the way we're pursuing it is my wife is my publisher, my editor. She is my number one supporter. She's also the person that says, get in the chair and finish this, make these edits. So it's really cool to say we have a publishing house it's called Hustle Valley Press, and it really is a sense of accomplishment to see our publishing the works. Nice. And I like that done the, the press, the Valley Press, and have your own publishing. Were you ever thinking of doing other people's books or just yours? Possibly in the future. Right now, it is, uh, it's a challenge just to get one out there, Stephen. We're learning so much. We're going to 20 books. Both my wife and I are going to 20 books to 50K in Vegas in November. 30 days. Yeah. And we're absorbing everything we can about when you're doing TikTok. My wife is enjoy, has shown me stuff on it, but publishing under BookTok, Instabook, all these different things that we're having to learn because so much of the writing business is business. I would say that is it's crucial. I, I would, if it was up to me, I would just put words on the page and just never publish anything. My wife is the one, okay, here's the date it's due. Get it done. Nice. Nice. Okay. Uh, so well, tell us a little bit about the first books you did, and we'll get more into changing over, but tell us about that series a little more. Sure. I have, as I said, I'm a lucid dreamer. So I dreamed that I was on a space station and I had just awoken and I had this glove kind of this power glove looking thing on and this gunman is aiming at me and I don't know what to do and all of a sudden he you know pulls the trigger and shoots me and then I rewind and then he shoots me and I stop the bullet and then all of a sudden I did the entire dream like that 
Then I woke up and said, okay, write this down. So I wrote, grabbed a notepad that's next to my bed and wrote for about two hours, just wrote these scenarios. And I grew up reading the choose your own adventure, find your fate type books where it says there's a haunted mansion in front of you. Do you go in the front door or do you go in the base basement? And so if you're going in the front door, you turn to page 12. If you're going in the basement, you go to page 33. I'm going to the basement, go to 33. And it says, oh, there's a monster and it kills you. Okay, well, you start over. And those books, I actually have a couple of them. And I look through and those books I realized were written in a way that the endings could go any way you like it. It was something like, oh, it was a haunted mansion or the mansion was a movie set or it's a military base set up like a mansion. And I wanted, because I have a background in technology, I wanted to say a lot of if, then, and else solutions. If you do this, <laughs> then this, or else you go here. And then I started just mapping out a tree, of how this would go to get to, if you made the right choices, to the same ending. The thing that's crazy about this, Stephen, is I never intended on writing more than one book. And then the fan said, where does it go from here? And I was like, uh-oh. I had actually I had an alternate ending to the first book, which helped me write the series. But it was then, okay, these choose your own adventure type books don't continue. So they don't give you a, a character to follow and sidekicks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it really let me just jump into some nostalgia, some retro 1980s stuff, ready player one type thing. I make space ball references. You've got it, it just was a very fun way to just write. But also, as a publisher, it let us test the waters with short publishing mm-hmm. because these things are first one is maybe 20 minutes to read, the second and third are 30 to 40 minutes, but it's not a 100,000 word book. It allowed us to try cover design, marketing, Facebook. It allowed us to take risks with something that was very small and even give the money to charity. So, that idea of saying, okay, set up HTML code in a Word document, and then upload it to Amazon through EPUB, through their Amazon Create. Mm -hmm. And it was just a a very fun way to bring technology into uh, something that I grew up loving. Yeah, I I agree. I love Choose Your Own Adventures. In fact, I remember in school when we learned about making flowchart, and I latched onto it. I'm like, this is great. I love flowcharts. And I didn't realize how weird that was, but it's my analytical brain. And that's what you you need to that type of skill to do the choose your own adventures. Because about the time I was thinking of doing maybe a a video course for kids, you know, how to create choose your own adventure. You jumped on the TASM and said, hey, I wrote a choose your own adventure. I'm like, oh, damn him. (laughs) (laughs) So great minds. We'll go with great minds. I love when people ask, how did you do that? And I love sharing. It's, yeah. It is decision trees. It is mapping it out and just, it is letting your mind wander, but just drawing it out and saying, hey, what is the best that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? And sometimes it is guiding the reader in a way they don't want to go. It is, okay, at this point, you only have two choices as opposed to three because we need to get you, the name of the first book is Escape from Space Station Zulu. I've got we that one. We need to get you to escape from Space Station Zulu, okay? It's not loiter in Space Station Zulu. And I think, I, I love that Choose Your Own Adventure, at least in my mind, because I think kids enjoy reading them. It's something different. But I think a lot of kids would enjoy making them just as much if they really sit down and think about it. And it's not like I have any 
unique skill or you have a unique skill on how to create these. It really yeah. is a, here's a block, here's a block, draw lines and write it in. But I think the the fun aspect of it, that it's not a, an overwhelming 60,000 word novel and yeah. they can write little bits and pieces and tie them together and they can have a lot of fun. I, I think it's a great exercise. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And just even though it's technology, everything starts with paper. You just map it out. And yeah. the thing is, there's no wrong. It's, it's brainstorming in a way that there's no wrong decision because uh, the first time I wrote a draft of this, I wrote it a lot like the old Choose Your Own Adventure, where you die a lot. And then my editor slash publisher slash the reason I do anything, wife, <laughs> um, said, okay, this will make people angry. Like, you can't kill people that much. And I was like, I died a lot in my childhood, okay? I went through it. <laughs> this Come is on. revenge. It'll, it build, right. it'll build character. Yeah, nothing, nothing builds a readership checking like, uh, off your reader. So your new books, your thrillers, they're not out yet. So you haven't really no. gotten any feedback. Maybe next time we talk, we'll find out more about how that's going. But right now, if you had a choice, would you choose to turn this book, this series into a movie or a TV show? TV show. I We're in the golden age of television. I, mean, I agree. People talk about stuff, but I, if you ask the average person, do you want to go to the movies or do you want to binge something? They're going to say binge because the quality is just so good. My wife and I are watching Midnight Mass right now, and oh. it's just fantastic. Mike Flanagan does fantastic work. He always uh, just pushes the envelope and makes, you know, as a writer, I'm like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And then I'm wrong. <laughs> And it's just fantastic. Yes. I love being wrong. I love when they surprise us. So it's it's really good. I would love to see this as a series. It would be so much fun. Cool. And, and that is the bane once you start getting story and the beats and stuff down that when you watch movies and television, you can either predict it or you can say why it sucked. And yeah. <laughs> I know my family's basically gotten to the point where they're like, just shut up. We, we don't care. We liked it. Shut yeah. up. But, you're, but again, you're right. I think Sharp Objects is a great example. Fantastic book that when it came to a series, they were able to flush out so much that they went back to the writer. And she wound up writing one of the episodes that was just nothing but backstory about the main character being institutionalized. And it was, it just adds so much. When you have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, all these groups making such quality work, it would be ideal for a series, it's, it'd yeah. be fun. Cool. And I like that too, modern days, they tend to actually use and fall back on the writer a lot more. Back in, like you mentioned, the 80s, and 70s and stuff, they would buy the book, tell the writer to go away. And they yeah. didn't want anything to do with it. And I think they're discovering now that they're getting better quality work from writers. And even like I'm watching Chapel Wait from Stephen King, uh -huh. they rewrote a lot of that short story to make it as long as they did and they did a fantastic job but they kept him involved in approving you know so i think that's a benefit of the modern day storytelling in movies and tv shows definitely you're completely right mentioning stephen king the Shaw, rita hayworth and the shawshank redemption is for the influences for this book yes. but it's one of the reasons that, that movie is so beloved is because that book is a hundred pages it really allowed frank durabout i think that's his name to just bring those characters to life. Uh, have you seen Shawshank? Oh God, yeah. Okay, so like, like the character of Brooks is only in one paragraph of the entire book, a short story. And he is such, an, such a 
key character for understanding the loneliness that you go through when you leave prison. And so I just, uh, the short stories becoming movies, awesome. The yeah. movies becoming series, even better. One of the things I picked up on, because Chapel Way is based on the short story of Jerusalem Blot from Night Shift. And okay. it was always a Cthulhu, uh, here's spoilers, warning, anybody that hasn't seen it, warning. But the story had to do with the worm, which was basically a Cthulhu god in, for Stephen King. But then they're doing this Chapel Wait TV show and they're tying it into the vampires, which was the novel later. And I was like, huh, I'm not sure if I like that. I went back and reread the original and they talk vampires in there too, but just mentioned like one time. So I was yeah. like, oh, I never even picked up on that. So yeah, it's, I agree. TV shows nowadays are definitely worth time and money to watch them with all the streaming services. It's just so good. So good. We're yeah. very- we're very blessed right now. I agree. Totally agree. So you told us about your books, plans. Is this going to be only uh, ebook, or are you going to do a print book? We're going to, the plan is to go wide. We're going to, that's why we're learning as much as possible about the best way to do a book launch, the best way to uh, get your arcs together. We're planning. That's why it's in June. That's why the book is done. It's being edited right now. That's that hopefully, fingers crossed, that gives us time to get the advanced reader copies out there, to send it to libraries, to send it to people to get reviews, to send it to people to get feedback, beta readers. It's something that we're really planning. We want, we're a small publishing house in that we have this office and my wife's office and a storage area and a library, but we want to act as much like a publisher as possible, as professional as possible. We're going to try, it's going to be digital, but also it's going to be uh, hardcover, hopefully hardcover, depending on the prices right now. I understand that I read something recently about how much printing prices of hardcover have shot up. Yeah. But definitely paperback and uh, hopefully audiobook. Nice. Great. I'll make sure when it comes out, I'll come back and edit, put links in so people can follow along. That'd be great. Okay. let, Let me ask then. You, we already know you like choose your own adventure books. So what are some of your favorite books and authors? Let's see. When it dealt with the choose your own adventure, I grew up reading Douglas Adams. And Hitchhiker's right. Guide to the Galaxy. Do you yeah. know what yesterday was? Let's see. That was the anniversary of the release of the book. First, Which, book of the, uh, which anniversary? Okay. Let's see. Hold on. Oh, come on. I don't know the day. Uh, just gonna, take a I'm guess. What would you I'll guess? See. So I'm going to go with 26. Oh, uh, you're going to really kick yourself. How much? Yesterday was the 42nd anniversary. 40, oh, <laughs> oh, thank it. you. Yeah. Thank you. So, 42nd, yeah. meaning of life. Yeah, yeah there I you go. A, uh, my wife gave me the collector's edition when I turned 42 this year. Nice. So I've got that nice. It's one of the beautiful books engraved, and uh, it's a fantastic read. I actually gave my hardback copy to a, an avid reader, one of the people on our on our art team or our launch team that she just hadn't read it. I said, please enjoy. And so she's uh, very excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Douglas Adams was a big influence for those books. As for the thrillers, I would say my top influence is a writer named Brad Meltzer. Okay, Brad Meltzer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Sometimes when I say his name, I think at the Career Author Summit, I said uh, Brad Meltzer, and people just looked at me. I was like. Okay, 
Write him down and read everything yeah. he's got. Yeah, I agree. He's good. But I got to follow him. I would say Ruth Ware because that one I don't know. Ruth Ware can write a gripping opening, a satisfying ending, and it just makes me jealous. That's just, it's so well crafted. And I would say Michael Crichton, and oh, Tom yeah. Clancy also. Yeah. I've read several of his books a couple of times. He's one of my top. Okay. So where you live, I think you mentioned earlier a bookstore you really like. Tell us a little more about that bookstore. Sure. Square Books has been around probably for 25 plus years. It's in the, it's on the square of Oxford, which is a very much a great tourist destination. I'm, I go, we live in Oxford and the University of Mississippi is here where they have the rebel football team and they have an area called the Grove and it's ESPN many times has put is the number one destination spot for college football fans. If you're going to go to uh, a football game, you need to visit the Grove and then go to the game because it is expert tailgating. You'll see people with chandeliers. You'll see like people with uh, just beautiful replicas of, uh, there's a, a replica of the Lyocene, which is our central building on campus. Like, that actually pours shots, okay, out of the columns. But on the square is Square Books, and it is a two-story, beautiful building that authors come from all over and do signings. Um, John Grisham has one, I think, either had one last week or has one next week. Grisham has a, he has a home here. I don't know if he still has it, but he wrote here a lot. But it's a beautiful store that has a great staff, very knowledgeable. And uh, I would love one day to, to have a signing there. It would make me very happy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really cool. If I ever get out that way, I'd love to go visit it. Call you up. We'll meet up. That'd be great. That sounds fantastic. Got a guest room with your name on it. Okay. Not really. I haven't written your name on it. That'd be weird. You know what, though? You should get a label maker or something. So when I put it on there, just told you, I'll make the plans. Um, <laughs> all right. So before we move on to more author discussion, uh, even more than we've already done, uh, everybody listening, tell them why they should get your book next June when it comes out. My gosh. You know, when you ask me that question, I think because I want to make money. No, wait, that's the wrong answer. Wrong answer. Wrong but I say this, You Will Know Vengeance is a tight-paced thriller where the hero has to keep one step ahead of his enemies in order to survive. Tanto must make smart decisions. But these choices will haunt him because they require sacrifices, and you'll see these throughout the series. If you like thrillers and rooting for a hero that has all of the odds stacked against him, this is the book for you. There you go. Are you going to do a pre-order, maybe? Yes, we will. I'm not sure when that will start, but we will be doing a pre-order. It will probably be closer to the release date at the end of June, but I'll keep you up to date. That's good because... I've got a lot of backlog, so I, this one may be a while, not June next year, but it'll sure. be closer to the release date. So hopefully uh, people will remember it and go get that book. That's awesome. Cool. Great. Thanks for telling us about your books, Will. I, I love it. Yeah, man. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.